Welcome to Kingdom.Think, where we are reading the Bible in one year, and we are in 2 Peter 2 and Job 9 and 10. So 2 Peter, Peter's talking to the people. Um, they're kind of scattered, so I'm assuming it's like little groups of churches all over the place. They've been scattered, and he's just encouraging them to be careful about false prophets and false teachers. Then in chapter 2, he kind of explains what they, what it looks like. What He goes into detail. It sounds very dramatic about what they're like. Um, with eyes full of adultery, they never stop sinning. They seduce the unstable. They are experts in greed. So he goes on and on. At the beginning, he also proves his point that even though this is going on, bad things happen, God will rescue. For example, and then he says, for example, the Noah, um, he rescued the righteous from the ungodly. Sodom and Gomorrah, um, was an example of what happens to the ungodly. The people that were lost in the flood was an example of what happens to the ungodly. This was also interesting. For the righteous man living among them day after day was tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds he saw and heard. That's interesting because it's acknowledging that in the midst of the evil and the chaos, the one who has the righteous soul is tormented by what they see. In some ways, I kind of, I'm not trying to say I'm righteous or anything like that, but what I am saying is there's so much evil in the world, it's just coming at every angle that it is tormenting, honestly, with the the surgeries that they're doing on children to have sex changes and the transgenders and the um, the injustice that's happening. The riots, when the bad guys riot, when the BLMs can riot and there's destruction, they go unpunished. They can't seem to find the people who did all the damage to these, t- these cities. But when there's a, um, a peaceful protest, like the, the truckers in Canada... Or even here, when Sean Foyt tries to have peaceful worship services all over, he's often, often persecuted. The city often tries to stop it. Why does that happen? And it's tormenting. I'm sure it torments Sean Foyt, who's trying to do good. And this is an example of this is what happens in the world. And, but God will rescue the righteous, as he did Noah, as he did Lot, as he did, um, do, do, do. yeah, that's the examples he's giving. Bold and arrogant, they are not afraid to heap abuse on the celestial beings, yet even angels, although they are strong and most powerful, do not heap abuse on such beings when bringing judgment on them. That's interesting. Um, oh, here's a great verse. For people are slaves to whatever has mastered them. People are slaves to whatever has mastered them. So that was chapter two, mainly just teaching people how to uh, distinguish false prophets and false teachers. Now let's move on to Job. 
Job 9 and 10. And I'm going to read as much as I can from Job. Reason being, you can read it and you can you can start to just dis, dis, uh, decipher one passage, one sentence. What did he mean? What was he trying to say? Yes, you can read it that way. And I suggest you go back and take line by line and really just dig into it. But you can also read it just to identify with his anguish in present. It feels like in the present moment. So Job replies to his friend, Bill, Bill dad, who said, Hey, don't worry. You know, better times are ahead. And Job replies, indeed, I know that is true, but how can mere mortals prove this, their innocence before God, though they've, they wished to dispute with him. They could not answer him one time out of a thousand. His wisdom is profound. His power is vast. Who has resist, resisted him and came out unscathed? He moves mountains without their knowing it and overturns them in his anger. See, even this, you're going to be like, why is Job painting a picture that God is so awful? He's in the middle of his anguish. You are seeing a picture of somebody speaking from his heart, what he's feeling. You're speaking from his pain. Um, David also did this in the Psalms, not quite as aggressive, not quite as direct about God, but just his anguish, his desperation. And Job is also in that space. He shakes the earth from his its place and makes its pillars tremble. He speaks to the sun and it does not shine. He seals off the light of the stars. Sounds like a treacherous God, right? He alone stretches out the heavens and treads on the waves, waves of the sea. He is the maker of the bear and the Orion, the Pleiades and the constellations of the south. He performs wonders that cannot be fathomed, miracles that cannot be counted. When he passes me, I cannot see him. When he goes by, I cannot perceive him. Okay, now it sounds like a God that is just magnanimous. If he snatches away, who can stop him? Who can say to him, what are you doing? God does not restrain his anger. Even the cohorts of Rahab cowered at his feet. How then can I dispute with him? How can I find words to argue with him? Though I were innocent, I could not answer him. I could only plead with my judge for mercy. Even if I summoned him and he responded, I do not believe he would give me a hearing. Ooh. Okay, so now he's sounding a little... Mm, what is the word? Well, not making any sense, still just in desperation. Or pain. Um, okay, so he doesn't believe that he, okay. Even if I summoned him, okay. He would crush me with a storm and multiply my wounds with for no reason. He would not let me catch my breath, but would overwhelm me with misery. If it is a matter of strength, he is, he is mighty. And it is a matter of justice, who can challenge him? Even if I were innocent, my mouth would condemn me. If if I were blameless, it would pronounce me guilty. And then he goes on. When a scourge, scourge brings sudden death, he mocks the despair of the innocent. When a land falls in the, lands, the hands of the wicked, he blindfolds its judges. 
If it is not he, then who, then who is it? If it's not God who's doing all these things, then who is it? My days are swifter than a runner. They fly away with a glimpse of joy, without a glimpse of joy. The skim pass like boats of papyrus, like eagles swooping down in their prey. If I say I will forget my complaint, I will change my expressions and smile. I still dread all my sufferings, for I know you will not hold me innocent, since I am already found guilty. Why should I struggle in vain? Even if I washed myself with soap and my hands with cleansing powder, you would plunge me into a slime pit so that even my clothes would just detest me. Oh my gosh. Wow. He is not a mere mortal like me, that I might answer him, that we might confront each other in court. If only there were someone to mediate between us, someone to bring us together, someone to remove God's rod from me so that his terror would frighten me no more. Then I would speak up without fear of him, but as it now stands with me, I cannot. I loathe, we're moving on to chapter 10, I loathe my very life, therefore I will give free reign to my complaint and speak out in the bitterness of my soul. So now you know where it's coming from. I loathe my very life. Therefore, I will give free reign to my complaint and speak out in the bitterness of my soul. I say to God, do not declare me guilty, but to tell me what charges you have against me. Does it please you to oppress me, to spurn the work of your hands while, my, while you smile on the plans of the wicked? Do you have eyes of flesh? Do you see as mortals see? Are your days like those of a mortal? Or your years like those of a strong man, that you must search out my faults and probe after my sin, though you know that I am not guilty, and that no one can rescue me from your hand. Your hands shaped me and made me. Will you now turn and destroy me? Remember that you molded me like clay. Will you now turn me to dust again? Did you not pour me like the milk and the curdle and curdle me like cheese? Clothe me with skin and flesh and knit me together with bones. So he's, isn't that just so, oh my goodness, I am skipping down a little bit. If I am guilty, woe to me. If I am innocent, I cannot lift my head for I am full of shame and drowned in my afflictions, in my affliction. If I hold my head high, you stalk me like a lion and again, display your awesome power against me. Okay, I read it because you have to face these things. Even writings that people don't want to face. Because if someone read just this chapter, they would say, this God of the Bible is awful. Well, you can't read it out of context. You have to have read some of First Peter and now Second Peter. You had to have shown the grace of God from before to be able to even grasp and identify where Job is at. So how can the friends comfort adequately. How can we comfort our friends adequately if we don't have the true grace of God in us at all times? So keep that in your back of your mind when you're reading some of what the friends say, how Job is replying, and he's saying some pretty awful things, but it's the pain in his soul. And guess what? God can handle it. Did you know that? God can handle our complaints and our anguish. He sees our pain 
and he sees Job's pain. (laughs) And he says, I wish I had died before anyone saw me. Oh, goodness. Well, he is going to have a friend that is going to respond to these comments because sometimes you just let your friends just blah, just vomit pain and nonsense. And then sometimes you got to stop them. But I had to read that just because I don't want to shy away from that. And remember, you cannot read the Bible out of context because if someone just read that, they would have said this God of the Bible is awful. But let's move on and find out and let the story unfold and see what really happens. Um, Okay, my friends, that was Job 9 and 10 and 2 Peter 2. Whew, heavy stuff, right? Let that sink in. Go back and read. And um, see, it's not always, you know, sugar-coated raisins and lollipops. This is real stuff, real life. There you go. Have a great day, and I shall see you soon.